Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, it's my pleasure and honor to welcome my guest, David Hahn. Hey David, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, no, thanks for um, being here with me tonight and chatting with me about your job. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in, David. Could you tell us what it is that you do? Sure. Um, so my title is a 3D character animator. And uh, basically what I do is I do 3D animation um, on the computer. Uh, so basically, if you think of any like uh, Disney or Pixar movies, or any other 3D animated movie, uh -huh. um, what I'm doing is I'm taking those characters and I'm making them move and like moving their bodies, moving their faces and giving them like, basically, you know, creating the, the illusion of you know, life. Like, okay, this is like, um, I probably, I'm gonna, I have so many questions because um, one, I'm a mom of two kids under the age of five so we watch a lot of oh animated yeah movies. i'm sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then you know like as i get you know these are things you never think about while you're watching the movie as a young like a kid uh, but now that i'm older you know i do i watch and i'm like so amazed right like by the storylines of these animations and just even like how things work um so i'm glad you're here because i have a lot of questions but before we jump into that can i ask you what your like a typical day for a 3d animator might look like um well these days since uh COVID happened like most people are working from home in my mm -hmm. industry uh, so for me personally when I wake up um, I'll get ready and even though I'm working from home I like to go outside to like a coffee shop that's like nearby uh -huh. and just kind of walk around a bit and then when I come back to my apartment it feels like I'm arriving to work oh that's good I should do that because <laughs> so, like it's of course, it's really easy to just like, you know, get up and just roll over to your computer because like work is, your computer's right there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I like that feeling of, you know, like separating like um, home life and work life. So even though I'm still working from home, I feel like if I go out and grab a coffee and come back in, it feels like I'm like going to work. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That's a really good technique. You people should try that, whoever's listening. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So you get into work, you arrive. Yeah. So then I'll just, um, it's, it doesn't sound very glamorous, but I'm basically on the computer all day, um, just animating and there's plenty of, uh, meetings to go into. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's not like a very, you know, um, it's not a job where I'm very hands-on with a lot of stuff. Uh -huh, it's uh -huh. mostly just like using software, 3D animation software on the computer. So so um, about how many like hours? I mean, I know you said that you have meetings throughout your day, I'm sure too. But how many hours would you say that you're like working on the animation part? Like the three actual like art work and 3D animation? It's um, a good question. Um, <laughs> maybe like five hours of just like really focused work I think and then everything else goes into like meetings or just you know taking a break holy smokes but do you work a typical like eight hour day 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, you try to. <laughs> I, I, I try to. I, I think I can get into this stuff a little bit later, but it's really easy in my industry to end up working longer than you're supposed to. Well, yeah. I mean, I would imagine, especially because it's on the computer and you're at home. So, um, yeah. man. Okay. So, um, I did a little bit of research. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I, um, I, you're, uh, okay. I don't, I only did a little bit, so I don't want to pretend to know things, but I know that you did a lot of work on, um, into the spider verse on Netflix. Is it Netflix? Um, it's not, maybe it's out on Netflix now, but it it was in the theaters before. Oh, that's right. I did not watch it. I'm sorry. But (laughs) um, I need you to like, you know, kind of brag about yourself right now. And (laughs) (laughs) um, no, but like what what was your role on this um, animation? Because my youth students, like they love it. Like they love it and they talk about it. And I was clueless when they're talking about it. And then I found out I was going to talk to you and I was like, oh, shoot, I should have watched it. That's okay. Um, but like, what? Yeah, what was your role on on this film? And also, um, I also know that you won some sort of award, so you can't hide anything. Okay, you have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so my role is was a senior character animator on the movie, and I did a lot of um, sh- shots do you know what shots are yes yeah so i did i worked on a lot of shots on the movie with miles morales who's the main character um and i i specialize in like um physical animation okay meaning like uh in in the animation industry like we typically separate like animation into like two categories kind of broadly there's like acting which is like if it's like me and you talking, you know, it's just a camera like shooting back and forth between characters having dialogue. Okay, yes. And then there's like physical animation, mm-hmm. which is more like, you know, Spider-Man like swinging across the city or doing like physical feats and stuff like that. Um, so I can do both, but I prefer to do like the more like action oriented stuff. And that was mainly what I worked on on the first movie. Um. Okay, that sounds like all of the movie then, because I'm sure no, there's no, a no. lot of action. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of action. Okay, so you have to explain this to me a little bit. So um, I'm curious to, maybe this is a silly question, but like why you prefer it over the acting animation? Is it just more exciting for you or? Yeah, that's basically it. Like okay. it's just more, you know, I'm I'm just like a dude who grew up like watching like lots of action movies and like. yeah. You know, I watched a lot of like Jackie Chan stuff with my dad yeah. as a kid. So I t- tend to gravitate more towards like fun action oriented stuff. Okay. So how like difficult is this like 3D anime? I know there's a software for it, but like I would imagine like how they move, the movement of like where they're going and stuff is difficult. Could you explain that a little bit? Sure. I know nothing. I know zero things. <laughs> sure. Um, so a, a good analogy I, I try to use when describing like what I do is like, um, do you know stop motion animation? Um, so like... Uh, like claymation? 
Yeah, like when there, it looks like there's a bunch of shots put together and they're moving like that. Yeah, so like okay. basically how stop motion works is like they take like a figure in real uh-huh. life and like pose it a certain way. Uh-huh. And then they'll take a picture. And then for they'll pose it again and take another picture. Right, right. And that keeps happening until you put all those pictures together and it looks like the character is either walking or doing something. Yes. So it's essentially the same thing, but just inside of a computer. So in in my computer, I can move the camera around so that I can look at any part of the character. I can move the character's arms. I can move their wrists. I can move their eyebrows or their jaws. Like basically anything an actual person can do, I can manipulate that part of the body. Oh, wow. And... um, so, yeah, I think that's the best way I can describe how animation works in, okay. in 3D. So, like, you are not, are, so you're not actually drawing these animations? No. So okay. we have, um, so we start off, we start off with drawings, mm-hmm. like with concept art. And mm-hmm. this is when, like, um, a 2D designer is coming up with, like, the visual idea for, like, how it a character looks like so there's a lot of drawing a lot of paintings and stuff like that mm-hmm. um then once that is all sort of approved by the directors um that then starts to get modeled in 3d or sculpted in 3d oh, rather wow. so like physically those, like physically sometimes physically but okay. uh mainly in the computer oh, okay okay <laughs> so there's there's ways to uh sculpt characters and it, it looks like you know, like, like it's real and you can move the camera around and it looks like an actual sculpture. And they make that based on these uh, drawings that the concept artists make. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to be very broad here. Okay. But after that, um, the animators can take that model and move move the body around, move the jaw, eye, any parts of the face, even down to like the fingers, like we can manipulate like everything. And, uh, and yeah, that's how we so like, okay. Stuff. But we, you have to have like, of course you have to have like a good eye for like movement, like just natural, like human movement. Right. Right. Um, and like, because like you know because we're around people all the time uh-huh. like every day like every hour we see people walking we see people interacting um you kind of have to like tap into that uh-huh, uh-huh. and if you it's funny cuz like if if you see something animated correctly it looks fine and you don't really say anything about it but once it looks wrong you immediately notice that it's like oh that doesn't feel Right, that doesn't feel like a human like would walk. Natural. Yeah, it doesn't feel natural. You can just kind of tell. So when people don't say anything, that means that's a good sign. Right, right. Um, so like, essentially, like you are the actor. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. because, I mean, you have to. I'm assuming you're looking at a script, 
or some of some sort, and you're having to decide, right? Like what the character's doing. So we get um, what what the animators get is like we have the audio for um, the voice oh. actors like speaking their dialogue. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's not the, like the actual actor; like they couldn't schedule it, so um, sometimes they just get someone else to like do like a fill in. We, we call it scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, we we have audio that we can work with, and based on that, like um, I would say, like ninety nine percent of the time, like the animators would film themselves acting. So like. We'll have the audio playing on a loop of a character saying a line, and then we will film ourselves like acting that out and pretending that we're saying the line. Oh wow! So when you say that we are the actors, like that's one hundred percent true because we film ourselves, and then once we feel like we have a good take, we're like oh that feels like how the character would act or would move, we take that film into our software, and then we use that as reference. For how we animate our characters. Really, yeah. that is fascinating. <laughs> oh my goodness, so much work <laughs> goes into this. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like, um, was there? I don't really know. And again, I feel so terrible that I was not prepared the way that I should be for this interview. But no, okay. um, in um, into the Spider Verse, like. Um, was there a particular scene or scenes that are like were more challenging than others? Because like, um, I don't know. I just feel like if there was more movement in one scene, like it's more work, right? Is it not? I don't know. It depends <laughs> on. So the, the difficulty depends on like what the character is doing. So, okay. So immediately, like when you were asking that question, like something that I worked on came to mind. Mm-hmm. And the the idea for the shot, or what they were asking me to do, was like uh, the main character Miles. He falls out of his window, out of his dorm room window. But since he's a Spider Man, like he can stick to walls. Oh, so, okay. and this is when he's like first learning his powers, so he doesn't really know how to control it. Mm-hmm. But he falls out of his window. But instead of falling down, he's like stuck to the wall, like like perpendicular this is the wall and this is him okay and like he has to like he has to walk around the corner of the building (gasps) and like there's a bunch of birds that fly by and he's just he's just he's not having a good time he's figuring out how to use his spider powers right right he's He's probably stumbling a little bit yes yeah okay and so that was probably one of the toughest things that i had to animate because i looked at um I looked at that shot and I was like, how am I supposed to do this? Like, I can't, I, I can't stick to the side of a building. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So like, basically what you're saying is like, how are you supposed to create something that you've never experienced and don't know what the like mannerisms are supposed to look like? Like that? Yeah. Like, how are you supposed to do something that you yourself physically can't do? Right. right. Like if you can't, catch it on tape or video or or nobody else can like how do you even go about creating that so how Um, did you navigate that just trial and error um i so i did end up shooting reference but uh (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, going off the side of a building or Are anything. Are you sure, David? Yeah, no, I'm totally okay. I wasn't injured or um, But I basically treated the ground that I was walking on like that was the side of the building. Oh. That okay. makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. So I found a way to do it without, without hurting myself. Oh, okay. So you just filmed filmed it on the ground pretending it was the side of the building yeah oh okay that's smarter <laughs> basically like if you see something like in an animated movie that's uh-huh. like physically it's like it looks really complicated mm-hmm. like wow it would it would take like an insane athlete to be able to do something like that right that's usually pretty difficult to animate <laughs> i see i see so like flying through the air and jumping off buildings and swinging through a city um <laughs> yes. like those things <laughs> yeah that's exactly it. oh man so like do you have to like study other like i don't know video too to kind of see what other people like their gestures would be and stuff yeah so a lot of the times what we'll do is um well, so if they cast, for example, I don't know, like Tom Cruise to be a voice actor for one of mm-hmm. the characters, um, what we'll do is we'll research a lot of clips of Tom Cruise in movies and see his mannerisms, see how he acts, like his oh, facial expressions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we try to incorporate that into uh, his character's movement. Really? Okay, so that makes a lot of sense to me because I often feel... A lot of times, especially with newer animated movies, you like the voice the actor, actor yeah. is very similar to the the animated person. <laughs> yeah. Well, what they also do is a lot of the times the designers or the designers and the 3D modelers, when they're creating the character, uh-huh. they keep in mind the actor's like um, attributes, like physical attributes and just how they look like. And so sometimes, like, they incorporate some of how the actor looks into the 3D character. Interesting. So an example that I like to use, not everybody agrees with me on this, but (laughs) I usually put my foot down because I can see it very clearly. Uh It's like, have you seen A Despicable Me? Yes. Do you know the main character, Gru? It's Steve Carell. Yeah, no, he is very similar to Steve Carell. Yeah. Yeah. So... He looks a lot like Steve Carell, even though he's just like weirdly proportioned. No, cartoon. but like his facial features, even his yeah. nose, I see it. Yeah. So that's a, that's a case of like the designers incorporating Steve Carell's look into the Interesting. character. I mean, for me, what comes to mind, my, one of my favorite Disney movies is um, Tangled. And I think she looks just like me, like very similar to Mandy Moore, like his, her mannerisms, <laughs> gestures, everything. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like and then I, I I'm like, oh, like, do they do that on purpose or do they like draw the person first and then hire the actor? No, it, it, it is it is on purpose, like because it's sort of like it helps to like bring everything together. Right, right. Like it, it would be weird if like you had a voice actor voicing a character, but. The character didn't just didn't look like how they sounded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. So yeah, interesting. Okay. Um. Well, 
I could probably I'll probably ask you more questions about your process and stuff. But um, I am curious, David, to how this all started for you. Like, is this like if you could even take me back as far as high school? Like, you know, were you always like? Actually, I guess I should ask: Do you need to be like artistic to be a three D animator? Not necessarily, because I know animators who don't really know how to draw that well. Okay. It's more a sense of like understanding movement. Okay. Like understanding like human movement and like physics, like how a ball looks like when it bounces and stuff. Okay. Um, But is that like something that's um, relevant like today? Like, you know, before when they're before computers, you know, like it was different, right? (laughs) So uh, before computers, there was like 2D animation. Uh And in that case, yeah, you do need to know how to draw. Draw, right. Okay, okay. Just I was Um, just curious. (laughs) Yeah. But there are a lot of principles in animation that transfer over that don't necessarily require drawing ability Mm -hmm. there are principles that carry over from 2d animation to 3d animation like perfectly Mm. so there are lots of people who used to work in 2d animation but Mm -hmm. then switched over to 3d and aside from having having to learn software and stuff like that they kind of like you know it clicked for them immediately Mm -hmm. because you're using the same i guess like set of rules like I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but... um, No, I think I get it. Yeah, it's like a really (laughs) dumb way to describe it, I guess, is like if you're doing math on paper, Uh you're using a pencil on paper, Uh but then you switch to, I don't know, using something i was gonna say a calculator but then i realized the calculator just does all the work for you no 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 (laughs) i get what you're saying it's it just translates well as what yeah a lot of the principles a lot of the principles and ideas yeah gotcha gotcha okay that's good to know because i feel like um i did feel that way like what you were saying like oh maybe you don't necessarily have to be a good good at drawing and artistic for you to be a 3d animator um uh oh my question was yeah can you take me back to the beginning um like maybe even high school like is this something you always wanted to do or how did it start for you sure um I think I was always just sort of um in my case I I can draw and I decided to go into animation but uh, ever since I was a kid like I was always pretty artistic I was always Mm -hmm. drawing and had sketchbooks and stuff Um, even through high school like I was pretty I think that's when I started getting more serious about drawing okay um and my mom was also an artist when she was growing up and she went to art school so I think it was kind of natural for her to want to support my my passion oh that's awesome I feel like usually it's the opposite I know (laughs) I was was lucky I was very lucky that's awesome Um, but so, you know, she can see that I liked art and that I was drawing and stuff. So she sent me to like an, an art hagon, uh-huh. like when I was in high school to sort of like help me build my portfolio and stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm 
just talking about it out loud, I realize how lucky I am. <laughs> um. That's great. Yeah, no, truly, truly. Because like, you know, and I think it's good for people to hear too, especially in the Asian American uh, community. And for my listeners, you know, that, I mean, you know, if it were the opposite, I'd be asking you like, oh, how did your parents feel and how did they end up supporting you? But um, how, what a blessing it is that your mom was able to do that for you. It was, yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I just always really liked drawing, you know, watching cartoons and playing video games and stuff. And that sort of like made me want to go to like a specific art school that was in Manhattan, New York, and they had a 3d program. And because like, um, I drew a lot, I liked art, but I also liked like 3D movies and like video games and stuff that had a lot of 3D in them. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I felt like that school was like perfect for me because uh-huh. they had a 3D program like, that I can get into. Wow. Um, so I applied to that school and I, I got in. Um, I actually applied to multiple schools and some people probably like well, some people did think I was being dumb for doing this, but like I applied to like maybe three or four schools. Uh-huh. And the one that I decided to go to was like technically like the least renowned. I like, see. The other schools were actually like way better art schools. Oh, interesting. But you went, um, you went to that pr- place because of the program they had there? Yeah, because they had like a, a good 3D program. The other schools were awesome, but it mostly focused on like, fine art and illustration Uh, and they didn't really have as much of a 3d uh program there so Uh, and sorry what school was this oh sorry uh this is a school of visual arts in manhattan in manhattan okay yeah um okay so you what do you need like a portfolio you need a portfolio to get into art school right yeah you do okay um i heard that's like kind of a big deal like the portfolio part. <laughs> it is. Um, and that's that's why my mom sent me like to, to like an art art class after uh-huh. school almost um, to help me build my portfolio. Some schools, like like the ones that I decided not to go to, mm-hmm. they're pretty like hardcore with their oh, portfolios. Right. Like you need to have like this many pieces and like the quality needs to be, you know, it has to meet a certain standard. Right, right. I heard like you even have to have like a like different mediums too sometimes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you they like to see, you know, uh variety in like the type of art that you do just to know that like what what you're capable of basically. Mm. So like one piece could be like all graphite pencil, another mm. piece could be like a a collage where you like rip pieces of magazines and like make a picture out of that. Another piece can be, um, you know, watercolor or any other type of paint. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's better to show them like that you can do all these things rather mm-hmm. than just focus on uh, one one medium. Um, I I'm sure it's like been a minute since you applied to art school for, <laughs> in undergrad, <laughs> but. Um, I'm wondering, do you have any advice maybe for someone that is like, you know, uh, the school year starts in August and if they're seniors, I'm sure they're going to maybe if they haven't already started their portfolios, 
Um, like, do you have any advice for somebody that is like really considering going to art school, making their building their portfolio this year? Um, start your portfolio as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> good advice. Yes. Um, Don't procrastinate. Is <laughs> yeah. I, I would say like, other than that, like try to get help from mm. like either like an outside art class program or your art teacher from the school that mm. you're in. They're usually pretty willing to help you build your portfolio. That's um, good. Yeah, I think that's, I wish I had more tips, but I think those are pretty important. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I think even just the get help part is like, at least knowing my personality, if I were doing that, I'd be like, I don't need help. <laughs> but yeah. the get help part is good. You should, yeah, you should definitely get help because like trying to do that all by yourself, like, although maybe you can do mm. it by yourself, like it can be pretty overwhelming if you're just putting that burden on your shoulders alone sure yeah yeah so yeah it's never a bad thing to ask for help yes okay so you get into art school and you go to the place that you want to go um was it everything you thought it would be yeah I think so I mean I have I have nothing but good memories like at school of visual arts Mm. um they sort of the three program that I went into was kind of a, a broad program. Okay. So instead of just focusing on animation, there's all these other aspects of 3D that you could focus on if you choose, like um, sculpting, like oh. sculpting characters, or there's like uh, lighting, which is a whole other thing. Like you know, after animators like animate the characters and like the, the shot is ready, like we we basically give that to another department and then another department, like a lighting department has to, in 3D, they have to take lights and and light the shot like you're on a real set. Like, so if you go on a movie set, like when you're looking at just the TV, like everything looks perfect. But if you pull back, you'll see that it's a set that they're on. You'll see all these different lights that are placed in specific areas to make the characters look as appealing as possible Mm. so there's all these other different areas that you can focus on in 3d but i ended up deciding to focus on animation because that was like the one the one area that i felt really passionate about after exploring all the other areas wow that's really wow what a great school (laughs) like really because i feel like um yeah, I mean, it seems like they give you a lot of opportunity to explore, like, what it is that you actually want to do. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Um, okay, so how – and is that program just a regular four years, like, bachelor's program? Um, yeah. So the first year, we call it the foundation year. Um, it might have changed now because it's been a, it's been a while since I was in school. But the first year is mostly focusing on your foundational areas of art. So there's a lot of like life drawing, Mm. um, lots of classes that don't actually involve 3D, um, just to kind of like get your feet wet. 
Okay. Um, and then the second year is when they actually throw you into the 3D software. Okay. And then that's when you you have all these classes and you're doing all these different things. And then that's when you sort of get a sense of like, what, what do I want to focus on? What do I prefer? Mm-hmm. And then by junior year is when people have decided where they want to focus on. Gotcha. Um, and then senior year comes and senior year is all about working on your thesis, which is like, um, like, like a two minute short piece that you work on. With like a fully modeled, animated, and lit um, short movie. What did you do? Do you remember? I do. Uh, it was like a little. It's it a little piece called Alien Abduction, and it had like a cute little alien character trying to abduct a cow. Um, it's very old. And Is that somewhere on the internet? Can I find that? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it is, but I'm usually kind of embarrassed to show it because it's been like it's it's been years. Oh no, I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was wonderful. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll I'll dig it up. I'll okay, it I can't wait to see it. <laughs> um, okay, so you graduate, and then like um, I'm assuming you know with such a great 3D program, this school must have a good reputation. Um, for its students. So was it easy for you to get right into the industry or how was that for you? So uh, for me, I so in New York, which is where I grew up and was living and where I went to school, there's actually quite a lot of uh, small companies that work on commercials. Oh, okay. Like either commercials or like tv shows like because even tv shows have like some 3d elements that they need like some special effects or something okay um so when i graduated i had like lots of opportunities to work at um these smaller studios Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i was basically freelancing at these places for like maybe two months at a time oh okay okay wow um and it was a great way for me to sort of get my feet wet and just get used to working in a, a work environment because right, I right. never I never actually worked with a team or anything like that um so that's what I did personally for a handful of years I just worked on these commercials and stuff sometimes mm-hmm. there's like commercials that are you know all done in 3d with like cartoon characters and stuff and that's mostly what I worked on um and after a while, I felt like, you know, I could, I had gotten good enough um, in my craft to be able to work on movies. Mm-hmm. And so I applied to uh, Sony Pictures Imageworks, which is in Vancouver, Canada. Right. Which is like on the other side of the continent <laughs> in a different country. Um, <laughs> so... I decided to go there, and I worked there for about... So you moved to Vancouver? I did, yeah. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> um, I worked there for a few years, worked on a handful of movies. Like what? You can't just... So... <laughs> you can't just pass over that, okay? <laughs> uh, you just told me you worked for Sony Pictures, Imageworks, so I'm like, you know, you can't yeah, pass yeah. over that. <laughs> uh, so... 
in the order that they came out, the movies I work on are Angry Birds, uh, Storks. What? <laughs> okay, uh-huh. Angry Birds, Storks, yes. Angry Birds, Storks. The third one I'm not very proud of. Was Why? The, uh, it was the Emoji movie. Oh, I never saw that. Good. It's fine. <laughs> you don't need to watch it. And the it. reason I didn't is because, oh, like this is not appropriate for my children, so I'm not going to watch it with them. So That's that's totally fine. Okay. Why 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 were you not proud of it? Is it not a good movie? Oh, just the, <laughs> just the idea for the movie itself is terrible. It's I see. like <laughs> It's like, you know, you're you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Storks was really good. Storks was good. I, yeah. I loved working on that. Storks was really good. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then and then was there anything else? And then after that was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Um, That's something to be proud of, man. <laughs> that, that is, of course, like what I'm most proud of after having worked there. Um, and so after that, that was like about four years, uh, I decided I kind of wanted to, you know, bring it back a little bit, like take it easy because okay. it's some, it's pretty intense work working on features back to back like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so then I was just hopping all over the place, but then I went back to New York uh-huh. and I went back to freelancing okay. like I was doing before. Just because you kind of felt like you needed a break? Needed a break, yeah. Mm. And like time was flying by like really fast mm. and I was like, I need to just slow things down and, you know, figure out life and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I went back to New York, freelance for a little bit. And then I decided to come to Irvine, which is where I am now, and work at Blizzard. Um, the gaming company? The game company, yeah. Oh. Because they, they create their own uh, 3D cinematics for their games. I, like, I don't know, but I kind of know. Like, my husband I, plays a little bit of games, but okay. I can just imagine. Like, <laughs> So they have, like, they, they release these, like, crazy awesome, like, trailers for their games. Yeah, those I've seen. They look like movie trailers. Yeah, yeah. So like, they just pop up on my feed sometimes. But. Yeah, so Blizzard has their own team that works on those trailers oh, and stuff. Wow. And so that's where I decided to go and work. That's a change um, of pace a little bit, no? Yeah, yeah. Because like they're but, they're shorter. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice. Um, oh man! But then I sort of got um, uh, asked to come back to Sony because they were working on the second Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie, which is what I'm working on now. Oh wow! How so, exciting! Yeah, so you don't work for Blizzard anymore? <laughs> no, it's a it's a lot of hopping around. Um, is that normal in the industry, though? Unfortunately, yeah, uh, it's, it is kind of normal. A lot of animators tend to go from place to place. It's very okay. uh, there are places where you know they have like full time people that they mm-hmm. just keep, but a lot of the studios tend to work. Um, tend to hire and let go artists based on projects so like sure, sure. it's like project by project they'll hire people once the project is done they'll let them go 
And it's not like because, you know, the artists are like terrible animators or anything. It's Uh just like, oh, the project's done. Like, that's it. Like, unless there's something else that they can immediately roll on to afterwards. So like, um, maybe this is a dumb question, but like, do animators between different animators have like different styles? Like, can you tell? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's different styles. There's like, um, um, just broadly speaking, some people tend to animate more cartoony, okay. which involves a lot more like, you know, if you think of like Looney Tunes, uh, just characters are like bouncing everywhere. I They're see, like, they feel very elastic mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. they can squash and stuff. Um, another style is like more realistic. Mm-hmm which is kind of what you would see in like um, like a live action movie. If you see like a giant monster, like destroying buildings and stuff, that's not cartoony at all, right? right like right, if you right. think of like Jurassic Park or something like that, oh. that's, that's all like 3D animation as well, but that's a way more realistic take on gotcha, animation. Gotcha, yes. That, that takes into account like how actual physics works, how heavy a character feels and stuff. Um, Fascinating. So there are different <laughs> styles. And though animators work with different styles, they tend to be flexible because whatever project they're working on determines what style they should animate in. Got ya. Okay. So you can't sense. you can't work on like a Jurassic Park movie and be like, oh, I'm gonna animate in my cartoony style. <laughs> Cause then like everyone's gonna be like, oh, what did, that's not how dinosaurs move. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'm um as an animator 3D animator yourself, like like you mentioned before, like you have a preference sometimes. Like do um like so do you usually have a preference to like what movies you were I guess sometimes you don't have a choice, but what yeah. movies you work on well if we were like if we were animating stuff on our own like our own personal stuff then uh-huh. you would, that's when you would probably see like people's styles and i stuff. see i see okay that makes yeah. sense um so like oh i just lost my train of thought i'm so sorry <laughs> but um okay. man this is all like extremely fascinating and i think i um i'm wondering like about your process because you you said you did all these movies back to back and you just told me too earlier that you work on these animations almost like five hours a day um i can't even imagine (laughs) sitting at a computer for that long but um what is the most challenging thing for you about being a 3d animator um it's a great question. Uh, probably at this point, like managing like my energy levels mm. um, because uh, in our industry, like in order to do a good job, like you have to be passionate about the work. Right. Um, that's kind of a necessity, like in order, for, like if you want to, do exceptional work like you need to be passionate about it but there's a risk in doing that because um it's not like whatever work we submit just gets accepted right away right there's always notes Uh, that we get or changes and stuff 
And how it works is basically the more passionate you are, the more you're putting yourself at risk um, of being like disappointed or devastated when like, they don't like a, it. When they don't like it. Oh or my when gosh. They ask for a how change. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty grueling sometimes because like you know, you'll work on something for days and be like, yeah, I feel like this is, this, this is, is it. it. Like, I think they're going to love it. Yeah. And then you show it to them and then they're, they just completely rip it apart. Or they're like, yeah, no, this is the idea we wanted. Like you kind of have to change this or even start over in some cases. And that's like, you know, when you've put that much passion and energy into something, like you just want to cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's not great. Oh man, so, that sounds terrible. It's, it's uh, well, a- I mean, okay, so I uh, I studied uh, like film and uh, mass media arts in college, and so mm-hmm. right out of college, I don't do this anymore. But right out of college, I like did some post work, like in editing and stuff, and then oh, cool. I just and I hated my life because. <laughs> Like the revisions and then like my personality is like a perfectionist, right? So I'm like, it's supposed to be just a rough draft, but I can't do that, you know? And then Uh, like I put everything into it. I'm up late nights in this dungeon of a place. And then like (sighs) they tell me like they want me to fix something. I'm like, what do you mean fix it? (laughs) Like, 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 what do you mean? And I like was so angry. But then like um, it's not the same. I feel like it's not the same capacity and it's it's the same idea but but i can relate to that um so i ended up working in live sports television after that and it was great because it was one and done like my jobs were done at the end of the show um and i was a like a replay producer so i was still working in editing but um it was like after the show if i made a mistake like well okay Next like, show. <laughs> you only, only get one go at it. Yeah, it. yeah. But okay, that's super frustrating. I can't imagine that. So like how okay, so what do you do? Do you like take breaks or what do you do? How how do you It's it's interesting because I'm still figuring it out. But like you have to like um you just have to keep that in mind, like everything that I just said, like in the back of your head. Mm. Like like yes, you do need to be passionate about your work, but like don't become like overly obsessed, you know, because then that's just, it's not healthy. You oh have to gosh, have a level of like. sad, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end of the day, like, here's the thing. Like at the end of the day, we're not creating like our own movies. Mm. Like we're creating this for someone else. It's another person's vision and we're getting paid for that. That's true. So yes. it's, it's a service that we're providing. Yes. Um, but, you know, having said that, it is really hard to mm. kind of keep a balance of being passionate, but also, like, keeping your distance a little bit. Like, you have to, like, sort of balance that out and mm. find a sweet spot. But it's really hard. Like, mm. just being an artist in general, like, you know, that's passion is what it's all about. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's tough. Good. Oh, man. Oh, that would be so frustrating. I can't <laughs> It's, uh, um, especially at this caliber you know like of like artwork and animation and just work that goes into it it's like crazy to me <laughs> um okay so with that being said what do you love most about your job oh um it's just really satisfying like when things do work out 
um, just the whole creative process and animation in general. It's just really fun and satisfying to me because like you're taking this like essentially like a dead puppet Mm. and you're like you're bringing it to life Mm. like you're you're making other people believe that this character this person is alive and is talking and is actually moving and stuff like that um and not enough people in my industry like realize I mean, they do, but I don't think they stop and think about it as much as they should. That's kind of like insane what we do, like making viewers and other people believe that these characters are actually like real. Real. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like with real personalities, like literally creating life into yeah. these <laughs> pictures yeah it's pretty incredible yeah. um i remembered my question when i said that i lost my train of thought um you mm-hmm. said that you were uh, working in new york and you felt like you were at a place where you felt you were experienced enough to kind of start applying to these bigger companies and stuff um i guess my my question was like how like uh, how does one become a better 3d animator um well there's i mean there's practice you know you just do it over and over mm-hmm. but um also i think this probably applies to anything mm-hmm. but when you are animating like and you want to get better like you have to do so like while consciously thinking of getting better you can't just kind of like do the same thing over and over without really thinking about it Mm. like you have to like go into the work with the idea that you want to get better and so you're making more focused more conscious decisions that move you towards that goal Mm. rather than just you know kind of going on like autopilot right right. Um, and like just like doing what you think you know already but i see yeah and that and like it's good about life (laughs) yeah (laughs) um it's also just like uh the the fun part about getting better as an animator is like you just need to watch a lot of stuff watch lots of movies watch lots of like animated movies and stuff like the the more you watch like the more you absorb that stuff the, the more that comes out of you like mm-hmm. in your work like it's kind of like the same thing as like you are what you eat mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. you just translate that to like what you're watching all the time mm-hmm. the more you watch like the the better your eye becomes at like catching certain things or it's it's training your eye to figure out why something moves the way it moves um Oh my gosh, I will never watch anything the same ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, don't take it too literally, I guess. No, no, no. <laughs> I told you I was a film major. So after my first few film classes, I was like, oh my gosh, nothing will ever be the same. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, that's really good. I feel like that was great advice for just my life in general, <laughs> like just a growing mentality. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so... I, like I said, I did Google you. (laughs) And um, I don't, 
I feel like this is the same David Hahn. I'm I'm pretty sure it's you. Um, I was reading something really fascinating about even just what you said. I think it applies to this like conversation. Is like there was a scene in Spider Man uh, that in the article it said that you had adapted it from a different animator in Japan. Is this you? Is this not right? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, it was like something about how, like, the character. Oh man, it was like <laughs> the character is moving, but the scenes are changing or something. Yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. What is um, that? What is that? <laughs> so it would be uh, this. Is, this isn't me like trying to force you to watch the movie. No, I'm gonna watch the it, movie. I'm gonna okay. watch it after this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it would be helpful if if you saw the movie first, because okay. then you would understand this better. Okay. But the, the animation style for Into the Spider-Verse has a very different look compared to what you see in like Disney or Pixar movies. Okay. Um, Spider Into the Spider-Verse is animated like on twos, which essentially means that the characters move every two frames. Oh, okay. So instead of like being like one frame, one frame, one frame, it's like one frame, one frame, one frame. Oh, one frame, okay, one frame. okay, okay. I think I kind of get it. Uh huh. Yeah, because that's how two um, D animation is. In two D animation, you don't draw every single frame because that's like that's so much time and it's extremely meticulous. So in two D animation, they draw a frame and then they keep it there for another frame and then they go to the next drawing, and it's still still looks animated still looks like it's moving and it has life and stuff like that um so that's what we tried to incorporate into our movie uh-huh. um and this might start getting a little technical so i, I apologize no no but, don't apologize I, I love it keep going but, uh, <laughs> one of the problems that we were running into was a uh strobing effect when we were animating on twos. Okay, so like when you say strobing, I imagine like light strobing. What is it like? But <laughs> not, what does that mean? <laughs> not lights, but basically like, ooh, how do I explain this? Um, if I had a moving camera, if a mm-hmm. camera was like panning from like left to right, okay, and a character was moving on twos, which means uh-huh. like one frame, frame. hold, uh-huh. one frame, hold. Uh-huh. If you imagine the camera moving, there's that frame where the character is held in in the screen space, uh-huh, the, char- uh-huh. the character is still going to be moving a little bit because their, their feet are like stuck to the ground. They're not really moving. Okay. And that tends to have... Um, a not so great effect on the eyes. eyes okay. That it's it's sense. a little like something's attacking your eyes and you're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, why is it why is it doing that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um and in 2D animation, you don't get that problem because mm. you're working with cells and paper. So when you mm. when you draw a character on one frame and then you hold it for another, it's just a piece of paper that's stuck to the screen. Right, right. So that character on a held frame isn't going to move out of place or anything. Uh, okay. Um, and so we were running into this problem and 
I remember doing some research and asking some friends about this stuff. And I eventually ran into this Japanese um, 3D animated show that was also animating the show on twos. And they had solved the problem by basically emulating 2D animation, which means like once a character moves on one frame uh-huh. on the, on the held frame uh-huh, instead uh-huh. of having a weird like jarring strobing effect uh-huh. the character stays in screen space while the background keeps moving so um it when i saw that i was like well we should we should be doing that because we're trying to do the same thing right so then i brought it up to the team and then we decided to sort of go with that route it's i it's really hard to explain no um, no no it's just words. <laughs> i what i was gonna say was that is extremely fascinating and i cannot wait to watch this movie <laughs> okay Okay. Um, okay. Wow. That's really cool. So, I mean, I br- and I bring it up because I feel like even what you were just saying too about like wanting to be a better animator, wanting to always learn and grow and like watching other people, watching other things and, and learning what it looks like and how to be better is, is exactly what worked for this movie, it sounds like. And that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, was there anything that I didn't ask you that maybe you wanted to share with people that maybe are thinking about uh, wanting to go into 3D animation or just a creative in general or just life advice? <laughs> oh, it's a great question. I would just say it's not something new. Like we already kind of touched upon this but like if if anybody out there is like you know thinking about going into this industry like it is like very creatively satisfying mm. but it's like it, you you really do have to like manage your energy levels mm. um because it can be very uh taxing on mm. you mm. because like first of all you're just on the computer all day mm-hmm. And like, if you're a young person, yeah, it's, you're, you'll be okay, right? Mm-hmm. But like, once you like go into your thirties and you start getting older, like, just being on the computer all day isn't good for you. Like, right. you have to like make sure you take care of your physical health. So mm-hmm. like, going to the gym, um, and mental health, uh, which would require you know taking breaks, making sure you, <laughs> you drink water and. Mm-hmm. Um, and just not getting too obsessed with your work, which is very easy to do. Right, right. Um, I remember, like, when I was in my 20s, like, working in this industry, like, I had so much energy. Like, I still felt like I was, like, in college, like, Mm -hmm. in terms of how long I could work or how long I could stay up. Um, And so the thought of having you know, a cap to my energy levels just didn't exist. Like if I needed to work late, I would just do it and I would feel fine. But nowadays, like I'm very conscious of how limited my energy is. And like, I even sort of like visualize, like I have like this tank of energy and it's like, I, I, I'm getting better at like being able to visualize how much I have left throughout the day. Oh gosh. I'm like, okay, if I, 
I do this amount of just pure focused work, I know I'm only going to have this much left. I need to make sure I have like 20% left for like when I'm just home, just chilling. Right. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. It's hard. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So that that's like a big thing that I would try to tell people about if they're thinking about mm. going into the industry, but there are like highs because like, you know, if you work on a, a great movie, like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, just like, it's just very rewarding to see the movie do well. Like it, it won an Oscar. Like, yes. Um, it congratulations, was, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, congratulations to the whole team. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's rewarding. There's highs and lows. Like the highs are very high. The lows are low kind of thing. Yeah. No, that's great advice. I think, um, but you know, like it is good advice for your career, but it's also good advice for life things. <laughs> you I know, so. um, I, so, um, oh, with, with what you just said, I, a question came to mind just out of curiosity. So like, um, are anim 3d animators paid like, by the pro like the project that is done like for example you said you work through the night sometimes it's not like you're paid hourly right uh or how does it it, de it depends on where you're working some places you'll just get like a full salary oh, it'll yeah, just okay. be full time uh -huh. other places is project based and you get paid hourly oh. um so if if we do work past certain hours we do get ot oh, uh, overtime wow. for that which is nice. Um, so yeah, I would just say it depends on where you're working. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, I didn't, that's nice that you get overtime. Some people just like, you know, cause the effects of the pandemic is like, it's been difficult for a lot of people to separate their work life and their home life yeah. and they just keep working. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, 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 I'm totally guilty of doing that. <laughs> so like before the pandemic, you went into an office then? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so working from home was not a thing like at all, like mm. in, in 3d animation in our industry. Um, and then once COVID hit, like, um, you know, well, we had to work from home obviously. Um, and now it's sort of becoming like a more hybrid thing where if you want to work home, you can, mm -hmm. if you want to work in the office, you can. I see. Um, yeah. I'm sure working at the office though, like it would with other coworkers, I feel like it would be more like I don't know, exciting. <laughs> it it is. Well uh for me it is, but like, you know, everybody's built differently. Yeah, yeah. Some people prefer to just like be by themselves. I see, um, I see. Some people who especially people who have like families tend to mm -hmm. prefer being at home better because they can just, you know. Manage everything better yeah. at home, um, but yeah. So it's it's interesting how our where our industry is headed in terms of like working from home, right. working yeah. from the office. Well, man, thank you so much for your time. Um, I think I could probably 
sit here for a long time and ask you more questions, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but um, I hate to put you on the spot, David, but if there is somebody listening that maybe has questions about your work or just the industry or art school, would you be open to me connecting you with them? Sure. Awesome. Yeah, just send them my email. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, congratulations again on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, and thank you for your time and your um, expertise. I was extremely educated today on a lot of things. So No problem. Um, guys, if you have any questions about this episode or would like to be connected with David, please feel free to reach out to me through DM on social media or you can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Thanks, David. Bye. Thank you.